0: Shalom, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast, discovering the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. And now, from beautiful in Florida, here are your hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan
1: Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. This is your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and we have an exciting tour portion for you today. Uh, but before we jump into the tour portion, just have uh, a couple things. Uh, the first thing I want to tell you is that you should listen all the way to the end of this podcast today. Uh, we are going to have an awesome uh, song for you uh, by one of our uh, current Beit members, Mr. Larry Miller. And so I want you to just stay tuned all the way to the end to catch that. And I'll uh, I'll introduce more about the song as we get closer to that moment. Um, Also, this coming week, we have uh, Hanoch Young uh, from the Land of Israel. He is our uh, tour guide, Uh, and uh, he will be here uh, this Shabbat, the 13th, and on uh, Monday night, the 15th. Uh, We also have uh, Nadi Ram from Lev HaOlam, uh, which is uh, the heart of the earth. And... um, uh, he uh, will be here on the 17th, which is Wednesday. So that's our normally scheduled men's meeting. But in this case, we're we're going to have Nadi speaking, and it will be a co-ed event. So women, don't feel like you can't come to men's night this month. It'll be your first midnight, men's night ever. And then uh, last but not least, we have LL Ministries on the 27th and the 28th of this month. That is a Saturday and a Sunday. Um, that is uh, LL is a uh, deliverance and healing ministry. So if you need healing, if you need deliverance, if you're just uh, trying to To get right with the Lord, Uh, this would be a great time to come. Uh, It's going to be basically uh, a workshop style, so we'll we'll have a service and uh, and a workshop uh, with them, the 27th and the 28th. So, jumping into the Torah portion this week, it is Balak. This is a famous Torah portion, uh, which they are all famous, right? I mean, come on. But uh, this can be found in the book of Numbers, starting in chapter 22 and verse 2, and ending in chapter 25 and verse 9.
2: All right, praise the Lord. So we're gonna get right out of the gate here, and we're gonna be reading Numbers chapter twenty-two, verses two through twelve. Balak sends for Balaam or Balaam. All right, it says, And Balak the
1: son of Zippor saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites, and Moab was sore afraid of the people because they were many, and Moab was distressed because of the children of Israel. And Moab said unto the elders of Midian, now shall this company lick up all that are around about us, as the ox licketh up the grass of the field. And Balak the son of Zippor was king of the Moabites at that time. He sent messengers before unto Balaam the son of Beor to Pethor, which is by uh, the river of the land of the children of his people, to call him, saying, Behold, there is a people come out from Egypt. Behold, they cover the face of the earth, and they abide over against me. Come now, therefore, I pray thee, curse me, this people, for they are too mighty for me. Peradventure I shall prevail, that we may smite them, and that I may drive them out of the land. For For I what that he whom thou blessest is blessed, and he whom thou cursest is cursed. And the elders of Moab and the elders of Midian departed with the rewards of divination in their hand. And they came unto Balaam and spake unto him the words of Balak. And he said unto them, Lodge here this night, and I will bring you word again, as the Lord shall speak unto me. And the princes of Moab abode with Balaam. And God came unto Balaam and said, What men are these with thee? And Balaam said unto God, Balak, son of Zippor, king of Moab, hath sent uh, unto me, saying, Behold, there is a people come out of Egypt, which covereth the face of the earth. Come now, curse me them, peradventure I shall be able to overcome them and drive them out. And God said unto Balaam thou shalt not go with them thou shalt not curse the people
2: for they are blessed all right once again we are in Numbers chapter 22 in verse 2 and so what would this be a reflection of but at the gate to the land that's right so uh, once again Numbers chapter 22 through chapters uh, I guess chapter 36 is at the gate to the land All of this takes place on the plains of Moab within a few months. Yeah. So now we're getting ready to rumble. Uh, We're getting ready to rock and roll here, folks. And so once again, there's a template here. It's relevant for today. And of course, now all of a sudden we see that Israel is on the move. And so Balak, uh, he was afraid of Israel, you know, and he was the king of the Moabites. Okay. And he was afraid of Israel. And, uh, and, of course, we have a conspiracy here. Once again, a conspiracy takes two or more parties involved here. We have the Midianites, uh, the elders of Midian. Uh, of course, uh, actually, uh, Balak was speaking to these gentlemen about the threat from Israel. You know, hey, there's a threat coming. And he's telling the elders uh, from Midian that there's a threat coming from Israel, the threat from Israel, the people of Israel. So isn't it interesting that uh, Israel is so intimidating, that it's such a threat? You know, even in the Middle East, it's the only democracy in the Middle East is Israel, the country of Israel. Think about that. The only democracy. Uh, do the demographics, do the geographical... Uh, study on, on Christianity being expelled out of the Middle East, you know, uh, how many countries forbid Bibles. Uh, even the Coptic Christians of Egypt are being persecuted and, and all of that and run out, uh, not just the Jews, but the Christians as well. So uh, it's, go, it's coming down the line here. It's coming down the line. And so uh, and, and messengers were sent in order to bring him back and curse Israel. And that was, uh, they were sent to go get Balaam, the son of Beor. Once again, Balaam, the son of Beor, had a great reputation. They've actually documented some uh, uh, archaeological diggings and uh, engravings of Balaam. was a very famous person uh, throughout that particular area, Mesopotamia, whatever you want to call it. But they sent messengers in order to bring him back to curse Israel. There was his mandate. There was his job. Come and curse these people. He had a reputation, did he not? Yes, he did. And so uh, I'll tell you what was in the hands of the elders of Moab and Midian. What was in their hands was the rewards of divination. Numbers chapter 22, verse seven. Once again, the rewards of divination. So here we have examples of the occult. The word occult means hidden, you know. Uh, And once again, when you study the occult, remember, you are God. You don't have to worry about God, because you're a God. And also, in the occult, uh, there is no atonement. Uh, You don't have to ask for forgiveness for anything, amen. Amen. Uh, yes, there's a, there's a hierarchy there. There's a echelons of evil and, and order. But I'm just saying that uh, you can actually read about that in Ephesians about um, we don't battle flesh and blood, but principalities. But the bottom line is that the occult means hidden, and uh, it's it's in the shadows, it's in the darkness, uh, and that's what it means. And so we can actually see the occult played out right out of this story. And uh, and you know, here's a great question that we had in our group last night: uh, How has divination or witchcraft impacted our culture today, and why is the Holy Spirit better? What do you think, Ryan? Can you well, answer that question?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, um, you know the Holy Spirit is the living Spirit of God, and you know our our job. He's the creator of the universe, and ultimately, when all is said and done, um, whichever team you pick, um, you should probably pick the one who is your creator, the one that loves you, the one that's for you, not against you, all of those things, right? So I would say the Holy Spirit uh, is also for everyone. You don't need to go to somebody specific to get, um, you know, you don't need to bring, you know, money, right? So the rewards of a divination here is is the price for the divination. So they're bringing him gifts in order to get him to divine, quote unquote, or perform some magic or whatever they, they perceive on their behalf. And so you don't necessarily need to do that with God. I mean, God, it's it's uh, you're for Him and you're on His team,
2: or you're not. And you know, here's the thing, Ryan, and this is so simple. Uh, out of the Gospel of John, uh, if you want to know what the Holy Spirit's going to be doing in the earth, this was the promise that was made from Yeshua to us, that the Holy Spirit would convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Right. Okay, and so it's real simple. So if we don't acknowledge sin, and that's what I love about the Torah, Ryan, for those of you listening to the podcast, why is the Torah so important? It's twofold. It shows us what sin is, and it's our teachings and instructions. So isn't that the coolest thing? So when people say, oh, well, the, the law's been done away with, first of all, let me tell you what you've done. You don't know what sin is, and you no longer have a GPS. You no longer know where to go or what to do or how to do it. Uh, think about it, everyone. So, so once again, let's let's be mature. And as you go into the Torah portions, look at the principles. Look what look what we're seeing in here. So we're we're dealing with the occult here, and we know that once again, we're seeing a great influx of that. And uh, and, and like I said, you know, uh, he's going to convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment because the rule of this world has been judged. And so uh, and and so in Numbers chapter. Uh, 22 and verse 12, it says, And God said unto Balaam, Thou shalt not go with them. Thou shalt not curse the people, for they are blessed. Remember, a curse does not come without a cause. You can't just go around and curse people. You know, what comes to mind is, is Genesis chapter 12, I believe, verse 3. I will curse those that curse you. Bless those that bless you. Right. You know, so we don't want to be in the cursing business. You know? Well, no,
1: and, and what God has blessed, no mere mortal man can curse anyways. Right. And
2: so here, here he is, you know, he's, he's a celebrity. Balaam is very well known. So Balak was going to give great honor to Balaam if he cursed Israel. Come and curse these people. This is what I want you to do. You know, this is funny, Ryan. There, there are things happening behind my back. The enemy's trying to get me right now. Oh yeah. To or yourself. Yeah. And it's like, he's working in the, in, on the backside here trying to get us. Oh yeah. But God's like, no, Ryan's blessed. Bait to is blessed. You can't curse bait to You know, you can't do that. Praise God. You know? And so, and so this is why it's important that we, that we stay with uh, character and integrity. Uh, so B- Balak was going to give great honor to Balaam. he loved that if he cursed Israel. Oh, Balaam was loving it. He's like a celebrity boy. Rolled up the red carpet on the desert sands there, you know. And uh, so God's anger was kindled, you know, because Balaam went with the princes of Moab. And so he sent the angel of the Lord for an adversary against him. Numbers chapter 22 and verse 22. He didn't want him to go. He says, why are you going? This is senseless, okay? And, and you're not going to curse them because they're blessed. And so... God sends the angel of the Lord for an adversary against him. And, of course, we know that uh, three times, you know, the donkey Balaam was riding on. He tried to avoid the angel of the Lord that was in her path, you know. So the donkey saw the angel of the Lord and tried to avoid the angel of the Lord because it had a sword, right? It was was in the path. And so three times. And three times, you know, we have uh, Balaam striking his donkey. Because Batham couldn't see the angel of the Lord. Why you hit me, man? Why you want to hit me, man? <laughs> I mean, think about it. And so, we're going to get into that next. But the but the thing is this, everybody. You know, when that tsunami hit and over two hundred fifty thousand lives were taken over there in in, in Asia, uh, you guys remember that? I think it was around Christmas time or December one year. But this this tsunami hit. And matter of fact, a uh, a tsunami is an underwater earthquake where shifts you know uh, the the plates shift or whatever and it causes this wave to rise up and it's actually an earthquake underwater but uh scientists were saying and they were documenting that before the tsunami hit all these animals were going to higher ground mm. because they could sense it they could sense it and so that's why a lot of the uh wildlife was spared in that situation so here we have a donkey that can see the angel of the lord but not Balaam. You know, we have examples of this as well. People seeing in the spirit, but the other person doesn't get it. Now, this is where we go into the the term I used, bizarro. Are you ready? This is where we get into bizarro. Now, I believe it, but we call it bizarro. The Lord opened the mouth (laughs) of the donkey, and she had a conversation with Balaam in regards to him striking her. Now, this wasn't like rent a donkey or anything. This was his beast. This was his animal. And, and the Bible even says uh, that a righteous man shows mercy to his beast. But because of what she did, and and and, and she actually pushed his foot up against a wall as well, yeah. caused him a little pain on the donkey, you know. Uh, he didn't like that. And of course, the, the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam so he could see the angel of the Lord with his sword drawn, and he fell flat. On his face.
1: Yikes! You know, it's interesting because I uh, I might have some unique perspective on donkeys. I've I've owned a few in my life, and uh, that's right.
2: They keep the coyotes away.
1: That's right. And I, you know, I don't I don't want to say that I've ever heard the donkeys speak, but uh, donkeys are not are not dumb, man. They uh, they know their stuff, and you know you can you can tell you know when uh, she's you know alert to something, and you don't see anything, and you don't hear anything, but like she knows what's up. She, oh yeah, she, yeah. She knows those, ears, stuff. those
2: ears go up, man. I tell you what, that's amazing, and and so the uh, some big ears too. And, and here's <laughs> where it gets very interesting. So you know, think about the storyline here. King Balak and the elders of Midian send for Balaam. Balaam is going to come because this is what he does. This is what he does, right? Uh, but this is what the angel of the Lord said: Go with the men, but only the word that I shall speak unto thee that thou shalt speak. Now, that's interesting. That's interesting, you know. Uh, Could this be a theophany of of Yeshua, Mm -hmm. this angel of the Lord? I mean, it says, go with the men, but only the word that I shall speak unto thee that thou shalt speak. I I I really don't want you to go and do this, but you're going to push your way into this. All right, then I'm going to give you the words to speak.
1: I mean, with a sword, I would almost think that this is going to be like, you know, Michael the (laughs) archangel or Gabriel or somebody like that, you know.
2: Oh, this is, this is big time. You know, the angel of the Lord with a sword, you know, and, and, and what's interesting is that, uh, I have a, a teaching that I did called the, uh, a greater Exodus. Uh, you could check it out on YouTube, uh, our YouTube channel, but I break, I break it down, uh. The, the 10 steps to entering the promised land. And once again, a theophany is all a part of it. You know what I'm saying? That the Lord's into it. So as we move towards the, the Jewish people and the land of Israel and all these other things that are happening, we're gonna be going into, I do believe the supernatural uh, realm of, of seeing in the spirit and stuff. Some really cool stuff because God's hand is upon it because we don't wanna alter his purposes. So, so Balak took Balaam and brought him up into the high places of Baal uh, where he might see the uttermost part of the people. So he's going to go up to this high place to pronounce the curse. And I want you to see what you're going to do here. I want you to see them for yourself. Because, you know, it's probably a mass of people, if you think about it. You know, at least two and a half million people. Uh, and so we're going to get into, of course, uh, Numbers chapter 23, uh, Balaam's offerings. So here we go. Balak brings them to see the people in this high place. So Balaam had seven altars built, along with seven oxen and seven rams prepared. Okay. Numbers 23. 1. Uh, and so we're going to see uh, what, what's going to happen here is Balaam blesses Israel instead of cursing them the first time in Numbers chapter 23, uh, verses, of course, 5 through 10. So once again, Balaam blesses Israel instead of cursing them the first time. So I'm going to have Ryan read the very first blessing that he gives that he pronounces because he can't curse. He's going to bless because those are the words that are given to him. And, and Ryan's going to read it. So it's the first blessing.
1: All right, it says, "...for from the top of the rocks I see him, and from the hills I behold him. Lo, the people shall dwell alone, and shall not be reckoned among the nations. Who can count the dust of Jacob, and the number of the fourth part of Israel? Let me die the death of the righteous, and let my last end be
2: like his." Wow, Numbers chapter 23, verses 9 and 10. "...for from the top of the rocks I see him, and from the hills I behold him. Lo, the people shall dwell alone, and shall not be reckoned among the nations." They're going to stand out. They're going to be different. Remember Haman told the king, these people have different laws. They have a different culture. They're different. They're not like us. They're not like you, king. They're not following your laws, you know? And that's what the Torah does. It it, it actually separates us. It says, who can count the dust of Jacob and the number of the fourth part of Israel? So what's a fourth part? What's the percentage? 25%. 25%. You know, this takes me back to a remnant of a remnant of a remnant of a remnant, whatever you want to say, but 25% percent is not very much. And the number of the fourth part of Israel. You know, it's interesting when the sower went out to do the seed. Which is also three tribes, by the way. That's interesting. That's true. So what I'm saying is that it's just like the sower had did the seed. You know, Uh, what happens? There's four different kinds of seed. The fourth one produces fruit 30, 60, 100 fold. See? So that's kind of interesting. You know, it's kind of like if you want to do the, 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 the pie chart, if you're in a room of 100 people, and given a message 25 out of 100 are going to bear fruit 30 60 100 fold in that level as well so even in the 25 percent you're breaking it down why am i giving you these numbers folks because think about it there's 10 virgins but half of them are foolish five are foolish five don't have the oil you know uh, you've been given talents what did you do with it you know, so so this is all relevant even for today. So this this first blessing is really really cool. Uh, I think it's really really neat. Um, and then of course, what's going to happen is uh, Balaam blesses Israel instead of cursing them a second time after offering sacrifices at the top of Pisgah, uh, Numbers chapter 23, verses 14 through 24. So let's check out the second blessing that uh, Balaam Mm -hmm. is gonna give to Israel. And once again, everybody, this is relevant for today because they're getting ready to go into the promised Mm -hmm. land and there's a prophetic significance to all of this, okay? You need to know this, those of you that are listening to this podcast, you're blessed and highly favored of God. You are blessed to have Torah on your mind and your heart. Now, what are you doing with it? He's gonna bring us all together. He's using it to bring us together. So check out the second blessing. Uh, and this is, of course, uh, Numbers chapter 23, verses 21 through 24, the second blessing from Balaam.
1: All right, and it says, He hath not beheld iniquity in Jacob, neither hath he seen perverseness in Israel. The Lord his God is with him, and, and, the, sh- uh, and the shout of a king is among them. God brought them out of Egypt. He hath, as it were, the strength of a unicorn. Surely there is no enchantment against Jacob, neither is there any divination against Israel. According to this time it shall be said of Jacob and of Israel, What hath God wrought? Behold, the people shall rise up as a great lion, and lift up himself as a young lion. He shall not lie down until he eat of the prey and drink the blood of
2: the slain wow look at this is that incredible or what yeah that is incredible. so so he hath not beheld iniquity in jacob see god looks at us in a, in a different light everybody god thinks very highly of us like a like a positive father to a child you know it it, it brings to mind the fact that gideon was uh threshing wheat in a wine press because he was fearful you know and uh the, angel of the lord came to him and says mighty man of god well, he's hiding, you know, it's because God sees our, he sees our possibilities. He sees our potential, you know, uh, and, and, and neither hath he seen perverseness in Israel. He doesn't look at that. He looks at the good in us. Amen. Not to say that he's not a righteous judge or we don't have to ask for forgiveness for our sins, but look what it goes on to say here. The Lord is God is with him and the shot of a king is among them. Yeshua, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And the shot of a king is among them. See, Hebrews isn't about. Hebrew, it's about the root. It's about the root of the olive tree. It's about a king. Uh, God brought them out of Egypt. He hath, as it were, the strength of a unicorn. Uh, Surely there is no enchantment against Jacob. See, the occult doesn't work against Israel because they serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and they have the Torah, and they know that the occult is a sin. It's against the Torah. The the occult and the enchantments are against Israel. Torah, and it actually meets out the judgment and the punishment suffer not a witch to live but there are white witch a witch is a witch is a witch think about it you know just like sin is sin is sin so once again surely there is no enchantment against jacob neither is there any divination against israel According to this time, it shall be said of Jacob and of Israel. You know, when it uses the term Jacob, it's like you're taking a step back. You've kind of faltered a little bit. But Israel means prevailing prince, co-ruler with God. God wants to share his kingdom with you. He wants you to be a subject. He wants you to be in his administration. There's been a lot of turnover in President Trump's cabinet, his administration, a lot of turnover. But there's not going to be a lot of turnover in God's kingdom. His cabinet, you know, and and I want you to think about this too. When Yeshua says, I go and prepare a place for you, Mm. it's actually a position in his administration. So can you be counted on? Can you be trusted? Remember, what hath God wrought? Behold, the people shall rise up as a great lion. Look at that. Lion represents what? Judah. It represents Yeshua. And lift up himself as a young lion. He shall not lie down until he eat of the prey and drink the blood of the slain. Kicking butt and taking names, man. Don't mess with Judah. Look at this. Shall rise up as a great lion and lift up himself as a young lion. He shall not lie down until he eat of the prey and drink the blood of the slain. Wow, there you go. I mean, there, there's some serious stuff going on there. You know, uh, there's some prophecies uh, in Isaiah that even make reference. You know, who is this that comes from Basra? His garments are dyed red. Yeah. It's, it's the blood of fallen man. He comes out of the heavens. I was just thinking about that last night when I was sleeping and going to bed. You know, judgment's coming. When Jesus comes back, by the word of his mouth, man, the men aren't going to even know what hit them. It says they're going to be stumbling over like they're drunk and men the judgment's going to hit him so hard, you know, but when you think about it, you know, drink the blood of the slain, you know, so the blood is on the garments of Yeshua cause he's already shed his blood. And so here we have this second blessing. Any thoughts on that, Ryan?
1: Uh, you know, it, I, I don't, I, I will tell you this, that it's, it comes true, right? So that after this happens, um, you know, then I, I obviously there's a couple more stories in between here and there, but when they go into the land, um, you know, God protects them. God, God does well with them. And and obviously there's some, some stories that go along with that, some caveats, but um, those that stick with the Lord and they do things the Lord's way, the God goes before them and he protects them and he gives them victory.
2: It just is what it is. Oh man. Isn't that incredible? Everybody at the gate to the land takes place within a few months. So we have the first blessing. We have the second blessing. How many of you that right now, Balak is just beside himself. Oh yeah, because be like- Balaam blesses Israel a third time at the top of Peor that looks toward Jeshimon after offering up more sacrifices on seven altars. Remember, what does an altar do? It shows ownership. Altars always show ownership. That's why the altar is so important to represent uh, the Lord. And of course, we know that the uh, altar was a brazen altar in, in, in the tabernacle and in the temple. So now we have uh, this third attempt. and three is divine of the Lord. So why do you check out Numbers chapter 24, <laughs> verses 5 through 9. This is where it gets really, really good. Let's check out this third blessing from Balaam now. And you know, Balak is just beside him. So let's check it out, Ryan.
1: How goodly are, there t- are thy tents, O Jacob, and thy tabernacles, O Israel. As the valleys are, they spread forth, as gardens by the river's side, as the trees of line aloes, which the Lord hath planted, and as cedar trees beside the waters. He shall pour the water out of his buckets, and his seed shall be in many waters, and his king shall be higher than Agag, and his kingdom shall be exalted. God brought him forth out of Egypt. He hath, as it were, the strength of a unicorn, he, has, he shall eat up the nations, his enemies, and shall break their bones and pierce them through with arrows. He couched, he lay down as a lion, and as a great lion. Who shall stir him up? Blessed is he that blesseth thee, and cursed is he that curseth thee.
2: Come on, somebody, listen to this podcast right now. Do you love the Jewish people? Maybe you're having a difficult time. Maybe you're trying to figure it out. God will put a love for the Jewish people in your heart. Cause we got to care about the things that God cares about. You know what I mean? (coughs) So think about this, this beautiful third blessing. It says that, uh, he shall pour the water out of his buckets and his seed shall be in many waters all over the world. Brandon, Florida, Norway, Maine. Think about it. And his King shall be higher than Agag. Notice that we have a King, you know, we have a King. Oh, Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm going to go there right now. This thing about the king is interesting because it, it, there's a prophecy. Thank you, Holy Spirit. There's a prophecy even in Hosea. Uh, let's see here. Let's see here. It says right here in Hosea Uh let Let's see here. It says, uh, then shall the children of Judah and the children of Israel be gathered together and appoint themselves one head and they shall come up out of the land for great shall be the day of Jezreel and appoint themselves one head. And who is that? It's Yeshua. (coughs) Now in in, in Hosea three, no, yeah, Hosea three, five says afterward shall the children of Israel return and seek the Lord, their God and David, their King and shall fear the Lord and his goodness in the latter days. Wow. Think about that everybody. The line the line of Judah literally the line L I N E the line of Judah is the lion of Judah L I O N. And so anyway, so so Balaam told Balaam, "Hey, listen, I can only speak what the Lord told me to speak." And cuz you know Balaam's all jacked up now and everything. And he's not real happy. <coughs> Excuse me for my coughing, but anyway, Uh, Numbers 24, 13. Now, uh, uh, actually, uh, here's a good question. What time frame did Balaam use to tell Balak that Israel would deal with the Moabites? uh, This is, of course, Numbers 24, 14. In the latter days. Now, it's very interesting to take the scriptures literal. But, you know, we know currently there are no Moabites but the country of Jordan. But we know that Ruth, of course, Ruth, is is a, is a Moabite that was grafted in and and actually uh, served the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob with Naomi, and uh, was was absorbed into the Commonwealth of Israel. So this particular example would be those that would be the opposite, uh, that they would be seducers or cause harm or problems, and you're going to see this played out uh, even in this particular uh, portion of Scripture as well. So we got to be thinking about that as well. Um, so once again. Uh, I'll tell you what's going to come out of Jacob in Numbers 24 17 is a star. Uh, a star is going to come out of Jacob. And, and what do you think that star is? Hmm, Yeshua. Let's check out Matthew chapter 2 and verse 2. I love this. Ma- Matthew chapter 2, verse 2 saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? Hmm. For we have seen his star in the east. And are come to worship him. We have seen his star. You know, uh, astronomically speaking, uh, this would be actually a reference to a conjunction of, I do believe, the planet Jupiter, which is the king's planet, and Venus. You know, we think it's just some special star that just came out, you know, anywhere. But you can look at some astronomical signs in regards to the planet Jupiter. That is the king's planet. Just something to think about. Uh, Representative of a star, we followed his star, uh, and that's what they were doing even in the time of Daniel. And then, of course, that's Matthew chapter 2, verse 2. We saw his star. But Revelation twenty 16. Let's check out Revelation twenty two sixteen. 16. Here we go. I, Jesus, have set mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, David. Check it out. The tribe of Judah and the bright and morning star. Wow. So what was going to come out of Jacob? Jesus, Yeshua, a star. Now what was going to rise out of Israel but a scepter? the tribe of Judah, a scepter. Genesis 49:10. let's go back to this incredible prophecy. and by the way, for those of you that are listening right now, I only need two of you to be excited. and I'm going to count Ryan. I'm excited and myself. Genesis 49:10. notice as we're sharing all of this with you, we have a leader, we have a king, it's Yeshua.
1: Is this Judah's alliance well?
2: This is Jacob gives a blessing to all of his sons. Ooh. So check out this blessing that Jacob's gonna give to Judah. It says right here in Genesis forty nine, scripture interpret scripture. We're talking about a scepter, are we not? That's a monarchy, mm. that's a king. The scepter? It says, The scepter shall not depart from Judah, huh. nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh come. And unto him shall the gathering of the people be. Notice that from this scepter will come a king until Shiloh come, the Messiah. That's a picture of the Messiah as well. And then to him shall the gathering of the people be. Come on. So see, at the end of the day, Ryan, what I want to hear you say is, you know, I'm here because of Yeshua. I'm here because of Yeshua, and he's the head of Beit Tahila. He's the head of our community, and he's we're the here head because of, of Yeshua. What he has done, what he's doing, and what he's going to do. Listen, if somebody can't answer that question, they say, "Well, I'm here for Hebrew roots," or "Or I'm here for this or that." You've missed the point.
1: Yeah, no because kidding.
2: we're going to be aimlessly wandering around without the head. That's correct. You know, uh, and so once again, there's a great prophecy in regards to the scepter. You know, see, Judah has the scepter, but. Ephraim has what? The, the birthright. birthright. And that's why they go together. They go together, you know. Uh, and as we begin to develop these, these prophecies, even in regards to the Moabites in the latter days, you know, Israel has an enemy right now. They're surrounded by enemies. Uh, but we have another question here in Numbers 2420. Uh, what is going to be Amalek's end? That he would perish forever, Now, remember, when they came out of Egypt, the first person they fought was Amalek. In Exodus 17, verses 8 through 16, they fight Amalek. And who's fighting Amalek? Who was picked to fight Amalek, Ryan, to lead the armies of Israel? Joshua. Joshua, who was an Ephraimite. Come on. Mature, responsible, a warrior. Amen. So I just want to read to you uh, in Exodus 17, verse 16, in regards to they defeated him when they kept Moses' arms up and everything. But I wanna read this verse to you that's very interesting. It's a prophecy as well. It says, for he said, because the Lord hath sworn that the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. Wow. So what's an Amalek? You know, when you're on fire for the Lord and you're passionate, Amalek is that person that's like got a bucket of cold water and wanna try to put you out. They want to try to take you out. They want to try to stop your your, your you being zealous or, or 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 passionate, you know, or confident, you know. And and by the way, for those of you listening to the podcast, you need to work on your confidence and your enthusiasm because people are drawn to that. They don't want to hang around a bunch of deadbeats, negative people. You know, right. we're, we're we're negative by nature. Death and life's in the power of the tongue. But I would say that I tend to lean more towards people that are positive. Uh, even in their podcasts or whatever they're doing, than someone who's negative, okay? So once again, uh, they will perish forever. Amalek's uh, end will be that. So here we have the end of this particular story where where Balak, he rose up and went and returned to his place, and Balak also went his way. A little lesson in Numbers chapter 24, verse 25. Remember this, the enemy never stays together. They come together, they do damage, there's a coup, there's there's trouble, but notice that the enemy never stays together. Just doesn't last. No, it doesn't last. And so, once again, here's a little thought as we close out chapter 24. Two New Testament writers tell us that Balaam is an example of those who sin for personal gain, 2 Peter 2.15 and and Jude 1.11. Now, John uses Balaam as an example of one who taught others how to sin, Revelation 2.14. So basically, what's going to transpire here, Let scripture, you know, what? Interpret scripture. And uh, what's going to happen is Balaam's going to tell Balak, well, listen, if you're going to get Israel to fall, this is what you need to do. This is what you can do. Okay. And it's so relevant for today. And 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 we're going to go ahead and, and we got time. We're going to read these verses. We're in Numbers chapter 25, verses one through nine. So here we have uh, Balaam couldn't curse Israel, but he gives instructions to Balak on how to get God to curse Israel through their own downfall, through their own sins. Uh, This will be titled, Moabite Women Seduce Israel. Numbers 25, verses 1-9. through Ryan's going to read those to us to warn us.
1: All right, it says, And Israel abode in Shittim, and the people began to commit whoredom with the daughters of Moab. And they called the people unto the sacrifices of their gods, and the people did eat and bowed down to their gods. And Israel joined himself unto Baal Peor, And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. And the Lord said unto Moses, Take all the heads of the people and hang them up before the Lord against the sun, that the fierce anger of the Lord may be turned away from Israel. And Moses said unto the judges of Israel, Slay ye every one his men that were joined unto Baal Peor. And behold, one of the children of Israel came and brought unto his brethren a Midianitish woman in the sight of Moses, and in the sight of all the congregation of the children of Israel, who were weeping before the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And when Pincus, the son of Eliezer, the son of Aaron the priest, saw it, he rose up from among the congregation and took a javelin in his hand. And he went after the man of Israel into the tent and thrust both of them through the man of Israel and the woman through her belly. So the plague was stayed from the children of Israel, and those that died in the plague were twenty and four thousand.
2: So, once again, we are in Numbers chapter 25. Uh, Numbers chapter 22 through 36 is at the gate to the land. The, the time frame is a few months. You're on the plains of Moab right across from Jericho. There's the Jordan River. And, and of course, what did Israel do when they camped in Shiatim? They began to commit whoredom. With the daughters of Moab, man, okay. check
1: this out. You know, stuff like this. This is these are the stories that get to me because uh, I mean, maybe maybe we can all relate to this a little bit. Um, God is fighting on your behalf when you don't know it. And so we just went through the story of Balak and Balaam, and we have this whole group conspiring to curse Israel, and it's just like God has has given the instruction that you can't curse Israel because they're blessed, these wonderful blessings get spoken over them, and then what do they do? They fall into sin, and specifically the sin of sexual immorality. And for whatever little bit of pleasure they get out of it, the punishment for sin is death. The wages of sin is death. We just, I mean, it just can't be said enough that, you know, Why would you want to curse yourself with these things when God is over there fighting on your behalf and then you go and you slap him in the face with your sin? It just doesn't make any sense. When you think of it logically, it doesn't make any sense. And it's just like at the end of the day, uh, you know, we have somebody who stands up, right, which we're going to get into that in a second. But it's just like, man, like what? not only and, and you see the slow fade right so they're 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 seduced by the women right and so there's there's the sexual immorality but the sexual immorality leads to adultery to god they end up sacrificing and bowing down to the gods of the moabites and so you know to to break all of the sins is to uh, to esteem something or someone higher than god that is the ultimate sin and that's essentially what they do here
2: uh, ryan listen i've been in the tour for over 20 years now and I'm going to tell you, I'll tell you what's so incredible is this. It's kind of twofold. Number one, I want to encourage all of you, we're not supposed to argue over the Torah. Look for the principles. You know, uh, actually somebody came up to me, Lester came up to me, Lester Gonzalez, and he was sharing something with me. Hi, Lester. And, uh, and uh, God bless you, Lester, and your family. Lester was saying to me, he goes, Pastor, you have to write a book. You've got to write a book about the principles of Torah. So the Christians can really grasp this. He says, because when you present it as a principle, it's much easier to 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 obtain and to uh, comprehend the principle, you know, and we won't get into all those examples or whatever. But I just think, wow, you know, it was really encouraging. Like kind of the, the hair on the back of my neck went up when he was saying it like, you know, well, well, maybe I'll I'll do something like that, you know, to keep it simple, you know, look for the principles. But But I want to share something with you that's interesting, you know. As we see this event played out uh, in Baal Peor, Numbers 25, we have sexual immorality led to idolatry. Yeah. You know, see, that's why they say that sexual immorality is idolatry. Idolatry is sexual immorality. Just so you can get a perspective and understand, uh, in in the Golden Calf incident, by the way, in Exodus 32, which uh, is is celebrated, or the the memorial is actually not a celebration, but a memorial of... uh, of uh, the golden calf incident is on Tamu 17. Uh, this particular situation, idolatry led to sexual immorality. Uh, what comes to mind but King Solomon, You know, he, he, he fell in love with all these women, he had all these concubines, all these wives, and it led him astray from the one true God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And, and Ryan, this goes back to my teaching that I did, uh, the breach of promise. We cannot alter God's purpose, Ryan. Right. And, and, and I'm saying this for those of you that are listening, to this podcast. You know, I've done pretty well as, as far as not listening to the voices and taking captive every thought to the obedience of Christ and uh, casting down vain imaginations, but I want to encourage you that you know I believe the reconciliation of Jews and Christians is a part of God's plan. I don't want to alter that purpose. You know I don't have all the answers. I don't understand it all, but I will submit that you know uh, Israel did sacrifice and bow down to their gods in Numbers 25:2. That's what they did, you know. And so Israel joined themselves to Baal Peor, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. So the Lord said to Moses in in Numbers 25, 4, take all the heads of the people. Well, there goes your leadership. And hang them up before the Lord against the sun. And where's the sun come up? The east. east. That the fierce anger of the Lord may be turned away from Israel. So Moses sent the judges of Israel to slay everyone as men that were joined to Baal Peor. And of course, uh, you know, and, and while this is going on, A Midianitish woman was brought forward before Moses and the children of Israel while there was weeping before the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. Why? Because the judgment had begun. Think about it. So the judgment had begun, and this Midianitish woman comes into play here. And we're going to see this even in the next Torah portion. It's going to be a carryover of some commentary. But once again, this is what happened. Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron the priest... He took a javelin and thrust it through the man of Israel and a woman in the tent to stop the plague. So just think about it, if you will. And I'm not going to get too graphic for children that would listen to this or youth. You know, they were in the act. Yeah. And, uh, and it thrust through the man of Israel and women and the woman in the tent to stop the plague. Think about this. 24,000 people died in the plague, you know. So So we see that even with Jonathan Khan, he says that in the last days there'll be revival, but there's also going to be some judgment. You know? but 24,000 24, people died in the plague. And so uh, you know, when we stop and look at this, I'm going to just reference something here, uh, just so you can have it in the New Testament. The, the discussion was, and the very last question in regards to this particular Torah portion is, why is sexual immorality a sin? and so damaging so i want to read to you paul's letter to the church of corinth because you know that was some temple prostitutes going on Dionysus, you got ephesus you got all this stuff going the god of artemis but but check this out first corinthians chapter 6 verses 15 through 20 and here's the question why is sexual immorality a sin and so damaging here we go This is what Paul says. Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of a harlot? God forbid. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to a harlot is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. That's right. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and you are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Right. So that's why a lot of us had to get rid of cable. And different things because uh, it's just it's pornography, you know. It's just rampant, you know. And and so I would say that this word fornication is the Greek word pornea. It's where we get pornography from. Right. Uh, and so once again, it's something that we all have to address and, and deal with. Uh, to to do that, you know, and not to call anybody out, but to work on it at a personal level, well, uh, you know, because if you're married and you do something, it's considered adultery. But if you're single and doing something that's immoral, it's fornication.
1: Right. Well, and and it, ultimately, it's altering God's purpose. You heard that before.
2: A breach of promise. A breach of
1: promise. And so, you know, God has—it's just so funny, because we look at these things, and, you know, the detractors would say, well, God just doesn't want you to have fun. Well, that's not it at all. God has a, a, a way of doing things that is the perfect way. It's His will, and so it's perfect. And when we follow the perfect will of God, things turn out well. We're blessed, and so on and so forth. When we don't, and we alter God's purpose— Things don't turn out so well. And we see that story after story after story that people just want to take things into their own hands, do it their own little way. And, you know, you got to imagine that all these people are being slain by the leaders of Israel uh, because of of the sin of, of Baal Peor. And the people are, are there at the door of the tabernacle and they're just repenting and they're crying out to the Lord and, you know, thank goodness for Phineas uh, for standing up.
2: And, and he's the third generation. We're that, going to get into that next Torah portion next right. week. So, you know, what two lessons can be learned from the Torah portion, Balak, in Numbers chapter 22, verse 2, all the way through chapter 25 and verse 9, from a consensus of the group. I'm going to give you my two. I would say, number one, uh, this particular portion, avoid the occult and sexual immorality. Yeah, that's a big one. Avoid the occult and sexual immorality. Uh, Number two, I would say, uh, you know, uh, basically it's not how you start, but how you finish. Mm -hmm. Because see, God says that your young ones, your little ones are going to go into the promised land. But some of them didn't because they chose wrong. They died in the plague. Remember, a generation had died off. This was a brand new generation. So just like, you know, I would tell my kids, you know, I dated, and I did things out in the world that that weren't good, you know, and I try to, you know, steer the ship in the right direction and say, you know, uh, this is this is the way you need to be doing it. This is the right way to do it. You know, no, but
1: you still and, smote your thigh because I did, you do I did. bear so, the reproach so Once of your again, youth.
2: and I would also throw in there, it's not how you start, but how you finish. But we're really, we're really um, Ashley uh, rehauling our time of prayer on Mondays from ten to twelve, and revamping it, and and just it's it's being uh, just really, really, uh, a time of inspiration and praying what God wants us to pray, like having the altar of incense, you know, the golden altar. And so once again, I would say also, it's not how you start, but how you finish, but I would also add, uh, intercession, you -hmm. know, if we're making intercession, uh, then you won't be making accusations. So we have to be heavy, heavy intercessors like Moses was in regard to that. So Ryan, any last thoughts before we share a little nugget?
1: Yeah, so my my uh, my two uh, were the first one being that what God has blessed can't be cursed. Oh, well, uh, that's good. And and so we are blessed, and and the only person that can curse us is ourselves. Uh, ultimately, uh, it's it's us that that causes that, and that goes right into my second point, which is to keep the covenant. Um, God has a covenant with us, and we with Him when we believe on Messiah on Yeshua. And so our sin is what separates us from God, and it is because of Yeshua that we have this relationship with God, and so we should maintain that and not, you know, go committing whoredoms or adultery or idolatry or any of these things like the past, Um, because why would we do that? And that kind of brings us into the song that we're going to
2: play. Um, we got the half Torah. Oh my goodness. You know... uh, That's right, Micha. Micha. It's it's actually, the, the half Torah is a reading from the prophets, of course, Micah is a minor prophet, but it's it's chapter 5 and verse 6, all the way through chapter 6 and verse 8. You know, some of you that are listening to this podcast need to understand something. Have you ever wondered, how is God going to speak to us individually so we can corporately come together? I believe it's through the Torah portions and... And the half Torah. So we know the Torah portion is the law. And then the uh, half Torah is a reading from the prophet. So it goes right along with what's happening here. Uh, and I think it's fascinating. Once again, Micah chapter 5 verse 6. Chapter, uh, all the way through chapter 6 and verse 8. Here we go. And they shall waste the land of Assyria with the sword and the land of Nimrod and the entrances thereof. Thus shall he deliver us from the Assyrian when he cometh into our land, and when he treadeth within our borders. You know, this is a picture of the Antichrist. He's also known as the Assyrian. So think about these last days things, what's going on here. And it says right here, And the remnant of Jacob shall be in the midst of many people, Ryan, as they dew from the Lord, as the showers upon the grass, that tarrieth not for man, nor waiteth for the sons of men. Wow, the remnant of Jacob shall be in the midst of many people. Is that happening, Ryan? Uh, yeah <laughs> look at verse 8 of chapter 5 of micah and the remnant of jacob shall be among the gentiles whoa 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 we're among the nations in the midst of many people as a lion among the beasts of the forest did we just have these blessings from balaam that israel is likened to a lion look at this in the midst of many people as a lion among the beasts of the forest as a young lion among the flocks of sheep who if he go through, both treadeth down and teareth in pieces, and none can deliver. Man, don't mess with the crouching lion, you know? I mean, think about the Lion King's coming. Disney's making all these now, you know, computer-generated movies of all the cartoons they did, and here comes the Lion King in the summer. I mean, think about the lion. What an incredible beast. Look Look what he's doing here. He says, thine hand shall be lifted up upon thine adversaries and all thine enemies shall be cut off, Ryan. We don't have to worry about the enemy. God's got our back. And it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord, that I will cut off thy horses out of the midst of thee and I will destroy thy chariots. It's a prophecy, it's coming. And I will cut off the cities of thy land and throw down all thy strongholds. And I will cut off, look at this, witchcrafts out of thine hand and thou shalt have no more soothsayers. It's going to be pushed out. Holy Spirit always pushes out the occult. So what he's saying, he's going to clean house. We're not going to have the occult in the house of Israel. We're not going to have witchcraft and soothsayers. You're going to have them no more. Thy graven images also will I cut off. See, there's your idolatry. And thy standing images out of the midst of thee. And thou shalt no more worship the work of thine hands. And I will pluck up thy groves out of the midst of thee, so will I destroy thy cities. And I will execute vengeance and anger and fury upon the heathen, such as they have not heard. Wow, to get to his people, God's, there's going to be a recompense. So here we go. It says, the Lord's case against Israel. i got to finish up here in Micah chapter 5, verse 6, all the way through chapter 6 and verse 8. Here's Micah chapter 6, verse 1. Come on, somebody. Hear ye now what the Lord saith. It ain't what I'm saying. It's what he's saying. Arise, contend thou before the mountains, and let the hills hear thy voice. Oh, wow. How about Judah and Samaria, the heartland of Israel? Hear ye, O mountains, the Lord's controversy, and ye strong foundations of the earth. For the Lord hath a controversy with his people, and he will plead with Israel. Remember, this is a prophecy for the future. We just got reading. We just got done reading about Baal Peor and the prostitution, the whoredom. O my people, what have I done unto thee? And wherein have I wearied thee? Testify against me. For I brought thee up out of the land of Egypt and redeemed thee out of the house of servants. And I sent before thee Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. Do you see that? There's the, there's the little birth order from youngest to oldest. Moses is the youngest. Aaron is the middle child. And Miriam is the oldest. Look at verse five of Micah chapter six. O my people. Remember now what Balak king of Moab consulted and what Balaam the son of Beor answered him from Sheatim unto Gilgal that ye may know the righteousness of the Lord. Now Sheatim is where they committed the whoredom. Gilgal is where they stationed themselves to take the land. So we don't want to go into the camp of whoredom. We want to go to Gilgal. That's a staging area before they take Jericho. Come on somebody. Look at verse six, Micah chapter 6 and verse 6, wherewith shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves of a year old? I mean, how many offerings did Balaam offer for nothing? Oh, yeah. But here's verse 7. Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams or with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? Verse 8, this is the last verse in the half Torah of Micah. Verse eight of chapter six of Micah. He hath showed thee, O man, what is good and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. Wow, humble walk, amen. Not in arrogance, right? Not in pride. We're no better than anybody else. We're just, we're God's children. And he expects more from us, you know? And so that's, that's my concluding thought. You guys check it out. I'm telling you right now, everybody, in the Hebrews of the Christian faith movement, we are going to the next level. Join us. Don't stay back. Don't stay in Shia Shiatim. Don't do it. Make your way to Gilgal. Check out Joshua. Check out Joshua. You're going to see Gilgal. It's a staging area for those that want to go to the next level, Ryan. It's incredible because the Hebrews movement is stuck right now. They're stuck. And we want to keep this train moving all aboard.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, to that end, again, I, you know, my second point being keep the covenant and how our sin separates us from God. But it doesn't separate us because he doesn't love us. It separates us because we ultimately end up hiding from him. And so um, we're going to take a minute. Uh, one of our, our congregation members, Mr. Larry Miller, um, created uh, a recording of a song Adam, called Adam, Where Are You? And uh, it's just, you know, he, he is a very talented um Uh, Gentlemen, and we just
2: lead worship in the church and everything. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. No, he was a worship leader and all that. So, um, we are going to play that real quick for you, and then uh, we'll conclude when we come back.
0: I walk in the garden with my son. I share my heart, share my feelings. Time with a companion when the day is done. In the cool of the day In the evening It's such a special time for me I bring my love for my son Adam But wait, who's not here? Who don't I see? Adam, where are you? Adam, where are you? Adam, where are you? It's only me. Where are you, Adam where are you, Adam where are you, why do you hide? Soul. You heard me walking Now you're frightened Have you eaten from the tree What have you done Adam where are you Um, mm-hmm. i
1: what a great song huh I mean just you know very touching uh very um just just very well done and you know his voice just you know really you can kind of just hear God you know just crying out Adam where are you you know it's only me so um wow so thank you guys for listening um we love you and we just want to thank you guys uh remember uh, we can take these as our examples and learn from the mistakes of the people uh in the book of numbers specifically uh and, and not repeat them, not repeat the, the mistakes of the past. And so, uh, if you guys want to reach out to me, you can email me at ryan at topraise.net, ryan at topraise.net. Uh, you can call the office here at 813 654 2222. And uh, also, don't forget to live stream our services uh, every Saturday at either topraise.net or any of our social media platforms, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, um, every Shabbat. God bless you guys. Have a great week.